had the situation where um, our youngest child was finishing primary school so he was in sixth class when everything got locked down so he missed out on a lot of those rituals and um, sort of rites of passage that happen with that move so I don't know if it was me that felt the loss of that even more than him and you have people being served with deportation orders in the middle of a lockdown and you say we are in this together how are we in this together when you're when you are bombarding their lives with all kinds of bad news you're you're sending me a message to go for testing today and tomorrow you're sending me a deportation order and the next day i have to deal with this kid who has to who i don't know if if he's going to be removed from the state today or he's not going to be removed from the state tomorrow for us, just with our service delivery, we want to make sure that wherever somebody is at within this, that they can come to services when they need them without fear of judgment. I mean, we don't want anyone feeling judged for their sexual activity during COVID times. People can be very isolated. Sexual contact might be the only contact that somebody has with somebody else. A person's sexual contacts might be tied into their income. There can be lots of reasons so we want people wherever they're at and whatever their their sexual activity has been throughout COVID because we've been given certain guidelines to live by and if somebody hasn't been living by those they might be afraid to come forward and that's not a situation that we want. No I mean it was not surprising to any of us I think that um, there were no supports that were sort of magically available to us. We knew that. We, we knew that we don't have alternatives. People on the margins are doing sex work um, because it suits their lives for a number of reasons or because they have little to no other options. And the, the, until the state provides viable alternatives or supports for, for more realistic day-to-day affordable living, it's going to be like that. So precisely, you know, we were talking to sex workers on a day-to-day basis, like like sex worker organizations worldwide. We were tasked with um, creating a hardship fund, a crowdfunded hardship fund ourselves. I don't know whether it's been the same for, for most carers, but you, at the start, there was this narrative that, you know, all of your neighbours will, will they'll look out for you and, you know, postmen will come and check on you and the guards will come and check on you. And I can say that apart from one person who knocked on my door on my 30th birthday to say happy birthday, no one has visited our house. We haven't been checked on by any state agency, any medical team, um, not the county council, not the guards, not postmen. Um, and not even any care or disability charities or organisations. No one has contacted us. You know, you, you, you can you can you can go with the narrative of personal responsibility all you want, but the whole point about carers and people with disabilities and people with work conditions is that they're vulnerable, and society is supposed to have a little bit of income taking care of them, even just a little bit. But there's been none.